0: All right, so I'm here in Coffee Lands with Rhonda, and this is the part of the show that I like the least is what I'm supposed to say once the music turns off and starting the conversation, because it goes from talking before we hit the record button to the awkward, like, all right, let's do this thing. Um, But really, I just want to come here and talk to you about your business and how Coffee Lands came to be and why and uh, what that means in your life. So, um, if we could start with just what is coffee lens, you know, aside from a coffee shop, I've known you for a while and I know about the mission and that, but Mm -hmm. I'd like to hear from you. Um, why, why do you have this? What, what got you going?
1: Sure. Um, okay. So actually this goes back to several years ago. I learned about human trafficking and, um, I want to say it was like 27 or so. So about 10 years ago. And When I learned about it, um, I was kind of in awe and shock about um, human trafficking in the sense of trafficking for manufacturing um, labor. Um, Sex trafficking was the biggest topic. Yeah. But um, in the coffee industry, tea, any kind of farming, construction, um, all over the world is a big deal. Uh, So the more research I did, uh, the more it just really... Did something inside my soul as far as like human rights like this isn't fair that's this not is crazy it's a, that it's a deep thing and it's yeah. bananas
0: that it exists
1: and the fact that I was so blind to it I think was another thing that was really frustrating to me because um I was just like no, there's no way no way and it's humanly possible but if you think back to like world war ii and what happened during that you you think like there's no way that's possible so it just kind of really hit with me and um I couldn't do anything from a sex trafficking point. Um, so I decided to do coffee because coffee also brings people together. Um, it would be like, I would focus around coffee, tea, chocolate, those kinds of things. and It's advocate. so
0: interesting too because I, I, I didn't know that that was the origin. I knew that you had the mission behind it and we're into yeah. fair trade and all kinds of stuff making a difference with the products that you purchase here. But I had no idea it went back to human trafficking. Yep. And that it's a crazy issue. It's, and it seems like it's more... Um, I don't know if prevalence is the right word, but it's more being talked about now, at least that it's an issue, especially with mm-hmm. the sex trafficking. And it's, or maybe it's just cause I'm a parent that it, once it's on your radar, you know, of being afraid of kids being snatched or something, right. but yeah, it sucks. It's a, it's a, it's an awful thing, but see, that's why I love having these conversations. I would have never known,
1: known that that's that, the origin. That's, yeah. 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 It's funny. We actually did. So a friend of mine, we, we were sitting around doing a stitch and bitch. Uh, we all crochet in it and drinking wine, hanging out. And she actually did um, work for uh, an organization that went and helped victims with sex trafficking. So we were helping, we had this huge discussion She She was in the military and she did a lot of um, uh, stuff locally here in the state of Washington, D.C. Uh, in state, in Washington, mm-hmm. D.C. Um, to with prostitution. So she kind of shared like that gave us that whole insight on like how prostitution works here in the States alone, and then kind of, like, what's going on around the world, and it was just, again, something that I wanted to, like, almost just be, like, you know, in denial in some sense, but, like, also, like, really sad, Um, so anyways, she was raising money, because she was going to go on a mission trip to do Indonesia, Thailand, and some other country, and so we did a fundraiser to help her, and the more um, that we were pushing for the fundraiser, the more we did the research and that kind of stuff. And that's what kind of- Snowballed. Really sunk it into it. I was just like, this is getting serious. Like, That's um, crazy. Yeah. So she ended up getting funding for the whole thing. We ended up donating the money that we did raise to Hope House in North Carolina, which is um, a women's co-op that like, takes in women who were victims of prostitution and helps them with career skills and job skills and stuff like that. Kind of rehabilitate
0: well. mentally yep. and get back into it.
1: Yep. So- Anyways, that's kind of what launched the whole coffee shop idea. So how, does,
0: how do you bring that back to coffee? Coffee.
1: So how again, do you use I picked this coffee. this to make your difference? Um, so fair trade, that's what kind of one of the big things that we were pushing during the event was like, you know, be more conscious, uh, consciously aware of like the product that you're purchasing because really you're casting your vote. Um with yeah, sort of like know, know
0: what what you're buying sends a message deeper than what you think, right, yeah,
1: so you know, look for things that are labeled fair trade, um those kinds of things. So that's kind of what initiated the coffee shop, so it would be focused just around uh, fair trade products alone. Um, and then we had a lot of other mission stuff. When I purchased the coffee shop, um, that kind of fell in suit with that, like so women's Bean project, which was simpler. Mm-hmm. So like Hope House, where they're helping um, women who are less educated or. Uh, drug addiction, been incarcerated, those kinds of things. Um, build ch- career skills so that they're not living off of the system and they're um, you know, doing all these That's That's so normal- interesting.
0: So you kind of were really like slapped in the face by this big issue and then narrowed narrowed it down to where you thought you could make a difference. Yep. Did you have uh, a love for coffee that you thought you could parlay into helping make the world a better place, or did you just kind of find an opportunity and think coffee?
1: Yeah, I, I like coffee because I drink it. But I had zero understanding of coffee before I bought the coffee shop. No kidding. Yeah. So when I stumbled upon this place, so I mean, it was literally about seven years of um, talking about, it was maybe like six, five or six years I guess, uh-huh. of talking about like wanting to start this whole coffee shop and do all this whole mission through it before I started getting serious. And then the more serious I got, obviously. So anyways, I ended up stumbling upon this place here in Clinton, helping my sister move upstairs. And um, when I found out they were for sale, you know, my eyes just kind of lit up and I volunteered here for a little bit because they were a nonprofit organization that owned Coffee Lance before I, no kidding. before I bought it. Um, so yeah, I volunteered here for about six months and took uh, it over.
0: Nonprofit coffee shop in what sense?
1: Um, so it was actually the Polis Center. Um, so they're in business for social economic development with people with disabilities. Um, so they, that's why this place is set up for like all handicap access. Uh, the counters are all low so that people with wheelchairs can kind of come in here. So we, like when I first came in here, there was like a deaf wo- woman that was working here. So they just help employ people with disabilities. That's cool. And they, so it already had a
0: mission before you gave it a new one.
1: It did. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then, so and they partnered with Dean's beans and Dean's beans and Polis center, um, had this whole mission thing going on where they actually had another nonprofit organization in Nicaragua too, um, where they were helping victims of, um, landmines. Yeah.
0: No kidding. That's funny. I, it's, not funny landmines, but it's funny. The world is, it's a small place. I have, oh, uh, I have another friend who runs a business that sells landmine detecting vehicles to militaries and governments mm. around the world. So he spends time in terribly dangerous places going through, you know, IED infected yeah. roadways and stuff and helping uh, to clear those out before they do what they do.
1: That's crazy. It's,
0: yeah, it is. It's, it's
1: a, they probably know each other. Because probably. I know. It's not a big world. No, Polo Center, it's, like, really connected with that stuff. I know that that was part of their mission as well. As far as, like, I think them and Dean's Beans, that was, like, part of what they did with the money besides giving prosthetics to the peoples down there or wheelchair and job employment um, was to help find landmines and stuff like that in the territory.
0: With, um, with the fair trade, I'm curious. So, you know how... I feel like there's this default answer that a lot of people have with either charity or helping with like, oh, the they're just paying their CEO or it's fake and nobody trusts anything anymore. And, mm-hmm. you know, for good reason, a lot of time and just internet cynicism other times, but some of it's real, right? So when you're looking into the products, into fair trade coffees mm-hmm. or chocolates and all this stuff, does it take a lot of research to find... In other words, do you find a lot of things trying to masquerade as fair trade that aren't or is it mm-hmm. fairly well governed? Like, you know, organic. You go to the store and there can be organic and free range on all the food you want to buy right. but or, or grass-fed, but grass-fed means that the cow had an option once a day to walk in a four-by-four mm-hmm. four grass patch. It doesn't mean that it was a free-range cow. And there's all these tricks, you know what I mean? How, yeah. how does that...
1: No, that's uh, No, that's actually something... Um that is very common with fair trade and so there's mul- there's different kinds of certifications um, so I do do heavy research and I stuck with Dean's beans specifically because of their mission uh, behind what they do and how intense and passionate they are um, you know to really um, do economic development in, in countries like that especially for small farmers mm. um, to give them advantage against like the big farmers that really land those it's kind of big accounts or whatever. So, a perfect example of you know this contradiction of fair trade labeling would be um, Starbucks can slap a fair trade label on a pound of their coffee if it's eleven percent organic or fair trade, and that would Shady. qualify them. Yeah. yeah, but like a company like Dean's Beans is through and through. Um, you know the transparency all the way through. So
0: wow, eleven percent. Eleven percent just got to be over ten yep (laughs) wow and does that um, I mean there's the advantage in in the feel good and people seem to gravitate towards that a bit nowadays but is it is it hard to owning a business and then having to seek out it has to be a more um, expensive product if it's going to be fair right Mm -hmm. uh, it seems like it's always the way that it works out like eating healthy foods costs more than eating garbage foods so is that is it hard to put together a product you can feel good about and have people still willing to pay for it?
1: Yeah, so uh, that's a really good question because when I first uh, wanted to do Coffee Lands, I wanted to stick around focusing primarily on coffee, hence Coffee Lands. Um, and then uh, at some point, I had to make the decision that there's got to be another way for me to make some money, and that's where food came in. So the food really helps me kind of compensate that. It's not that I'm making a huge... I'm not making big money off of coffee, that's uh-huh. for sure. Um, especially with the price that I pay. But for me, it's, you know, it's the mission behind um, the coffee. Yeah, feeling I'm good selling. about the cups. Yeah. It's not even so much feeling good. You know, it's just like there's a an energy, you know, that's transmitted in this world mm-hmm. that's healthy, you know, of a balance of how we treat each other and how, you know, just engagements are dealt with you know what i mean so like it's got to be this like i want to make money but i want to i want you to benefit off of me making money from your product Mm -hmm. you know like uh, just as much as i want you know to benefit et cetera.
0: sending good out to the world i I tell my kids too and and do little experiments where walk around and smile at people instead of just a straight face and just see how your day can change it does Mm -hmm. you know it's it's just those little things and put what you put out changes what you get back yeah for sure it's different
1: it's the same thing like when we have you know sometimes we it's natural that we're gonna have a frustrating experience with the customer every now and again but one of our rules is okay let it out but like don't forget this is what's paying our bills guys so like love them anyway and you know just like they bring an experience that's different to the table so kind of keeps us on our toes
0: yeah i bet and it it's an interesting place too because you have a lot of art that's showcased. It's really interesting. And I, there's a piano right behind you. And I've seen people in here playing the piano. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now there's two, two right? Them. For yeah. doing pianos. <laughs> so that's, that's part of the atmosphere, right? It's, mm-hmm. no, it's not a get your coffee and go home. It's a place to spend some time.
1: Oh, So I'm so good. Yeah. glad you asked that question. Because um, when I did start the business, it did start off with like this big advocating fair trade thing. And over time, I learned... Um, but sometimes people just don't care that, you know, sometimes they just want to come in and have a really good cup of coffee. And sometimes they want to come in and have just a good experience. Sometimes it just wants to feel good. You know, it has to be like, um, you know, there was those people that completely sought out, like, I love the mission behind what you're doing and I want to support you. But that's not what made my business. Um, what I ultimately... It
0: almost never can. It's just the thing that gives no. you your edge, makes you special.
1: In, yeah. For me, it's like what defines who we are. Um, but Because while doing that part for the first year, I learned people don't want to be told either what's right and wrong. They already know. You don't have to tell somebody, you know, you should go work out. They already know. Yeah, in <laughs> fact, that, that's not going to
0: make you friends with that person.
1: Right, exactly. So um, what, we, what we did learn in this process was the, communi- the feeling of community and belonging and how... We influence each other when we're in that environment, and it's good. You know, it's healthy. Um, so our big focus now really is on community. So while, you know, we're so built into uh, the fair trade and being environmentally friendly, community is our primary focus. Um, so bringing people together, having the pianos, music, music brings people together. Sure
0: does. Coffee does. Coffee does too. Food does <laughs> Food, too. yeah. yeah and, and I've noticed a difference. Uh, just the, It's more and more uh, communal to come be in here. And my, my kids, every time there's a half day, they want to walk up here from school and mm-hmm. have, have a, you know, a muffin or whatever we end up getting um, and hang out and play the games and just spend time. It's like a thing they look forward to. Yeah. So that's nice because not every shop can offer that not every town has a place where you can just go spend time and i've seen it change over time here where yeah. it's more and more of people you know milling around spending time or stopping in to see what's going to be going on and that's pretty cool because it's yeah. not it didn't it wasn't here before you
1: no no and if we didn't you know it- took us being here and kind of going through the whole process to get to this point too. And I mean, really it's a piece of my heart coming out too, you know, it's kind of like, this is, this is the those feel goods, you know, like when people come in and they're sharing, they're expressing themselves in that way and being vulnerable, right. To be able to get on a piano, we've had kids come in here. Um, One kid's playing the piano and another one's dancing, you know, doing a dance solo and it's crazy and it's kind of bizarre. I think if you're walking in, like what the hell is going on, (laughs) but it's so magic in some way too like it's just beautiful that people are like i don't know just have the courage enough to do something like that yeah so it's awesome yeah it's been cool how it's morphed into that
0: it is and i love the idea of the two pianos and dueling pianos and get people to do something yeah
1: we're working on that
0: it seems fun (laughs) it seems it does it seems like a lot of fun i um
1: i just had a question pop in and out of my head so
0: oh i know what it was so how long have you been open now
1: uh, we just hit our form, four years, November 5th.
0: So, in four years, it went from four or five years before having it to knowing that something, maybe a coffee shop, and mm-hmm. going into fair trade. And then you open up with the fair trade mission, mm-hmm. and it sort of morphs into fair trade not going anywhere, but realizing that's not the driving force for the customers. Mm-hmm. They want the feel good, but there's other things, and now moving into that. How, I guess, like, How does it feel over time where you're probably thinking now you don't know where it's going to be next year either. And that's just for me as a business owner, that's one of the things I've learned is Mm -hmm. that I, yeah, I've had a business for 20 years. It's different than it was last year. Never mind 20 years ago that, you know, and so every year it's figuring out new things and adapting and changing and it's not what you expect. It's not, Mm -hmm. oh, I've made a business. Now I have my business.
1: And it's just done. Yeah.
0: So that- To me, that's what makes it interesting. Mm -hmm. I think that freaks a lot of people out, too, though, because they want routine or they want to be able to know what to expect. You know what I mean? And you literally have a different business than when you open the door.
1: For sure. It's night and day completely different. Um, So, yeah, I think that's part of what's exciting about it. And don't get me wrong. uh, There are, you know... Super massive change, and then it's like settle into it. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. And you <laughs> and get to ride then, the wave. Yeah, super massive change, settle into it. <clears throat> so we kind of go through these, you know, um, these waves of these cycles of uh, change. Uh, we know we see our vision. We my vision when I first bought the business is again completely different than what it is today, and even now what I thought it was three months ago is ch- changing because. Life is changing all around me. Yep. And so now I have to adapt to that change. And, you know, so we're looking into buying now because right here I'm renting and I really want to hold, you know, this thing that I've created in some way yeah, uh, and rooted a little bit better than, you know, if the building owner decided they were going to sell my building and they wanted to kick everybody out, where do I go? Right. Where are you looking? <clears throat> here in Clinton.
0: Where? I can't, can't say. You. Oh, come on.
1: It's a big secret.
0: Oh, tell me off. That. Uh, that's exciting. It's good to see you uh, staying yeah. in, in place, though. I think it's nice because yeah, of the community guy. angle of it. Mm-hmm. So um, if we back up before you had the business and in the four years or so, four or six years when you're thinking about it and you know it's some sort of coffee thing, what did you used to do? Like what was, you know, what, what filled those years? Not only like I'm interested know in what you do, what you did prior to opening a coffee shop before you were a coffee Career-wise? shop owner. Yeah. What you were doing work wise to, um, either be related or wholly unrelated is what I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. And then what were you doing over those years to eventually end up, you know, with the keys to the door?
1: Um, so I did lean six Sigma was what I did before. No way. I came here and opened I up have the coffee shop. pegged you for that. Yeah. I love it. It's fun. Um, it was awesome work. Um, but uh, so I did that. Um, and everywhere I worked, I while I still wanted to always have a coffee shop, I kind of always had some sense of purpose in what I was doing. And that's how I've always operated, no matter where I was working, um, in the sense of I'm going there. I never even ever looked at a paycheck. It wasn't about the paycheck. And of course, like you said, you know, money is important, but for me it's like, what's the work I'm doing? Right. Is it affecting, how am I growing from it? How is somebody else growing from it mm-hmm. um, in that sense? So yeah, I did that for, I was at one company for like three years, typically my three year jumper. Uh, so I did that for three years at one company and then I was recruited from, from another company, from a boss actually. An old boss. And uh, I did that when I went, when I transferred from that company and was recruited to the last company I was working at, which was um, Method Machine Tools. Mm-hmm. Um, I did that for exactly a year before I was like, uh, I want to say six months before I left that company, um, I really started getting serious. Yeah. About, you no, know, maybe it was about nine months. Uh, I really started getting serious, like, I can't do this for the rest of my life. This is, Like I went from one company to another and I was like, you know what? This isn't it, it's time. Mm -hmm. Now it's time. Like I got- Yeah, you could feel it. All the experience. Yeah, you can so feel it. (laughs) It was like every cell in my body. There was one day, literally, I just wanted to take all my stuff and just scoop it off my desk, (laughs) put it into a box and be like, peace. I I got something else I got to do. Yeah. And this is going to make me do it. But I didn't. I stuck around, but I really, it's really put the force into um, starting to seriously pursue opening up something. And like I said, it kind of just- to me, it was like magic. That's the best way to explain it. Because when I started to get that serious about it and uh-huh. kind of put that out there, all of a sudden these things started happening where it was like- It's amazing it how that like happens. making it like, here you go. It was like laying out the path. You here your wish is my command yeah. kind of thing. And so when I was helping my sister move in here, I was like literally talking to her about all these things that I wanted to do. and. One of them was even, like, having, like, this big music exposure and doing, like, music from all around the world and having African drumming, and it was just crazy. Anyways, we're in the alley over there uh-huh. walking her stuff up, and all of a sudden we can hear drumming. And they have an African drumming crew here in a coffee shop that's fair trade, organic, blah, blah. So I start, like, freaking out. I'm like, oh, my God, I didn't know this was here. I grab their contact information and then again, like I said, when I reached out, they were like, oh, well, the business is for sale. Huh. And then that's kind of like, all right, let me like continue to pursue this. And then it was, they were asking a lot of money. And so, and I didn't know anything about the business. And it was it, a nonprofit. Yeah. The Polo Center. It was Coffee Lens World Gift Espresso Cafe. So it was like gift shop slash coffee shop.
0: And, it, but yeah, they're asking a lot of money. What were they selling? Just the,
1: the business. Yeah. Yeah. So all the equipment, basically they had came in here and did everything, floors, countertops, you name it. Um, so we were selling all of that. We worked out our price. That Good, was yeah, better than what they were. Selling, Obviously you're here yeah. now. <laughs> but it was tough because uh, I inherited, one, I'm coming in with zero experience. I had a lot of hard lessons to learn yeah. without a mentor. Fast. And I just, yeah. <laughs> um, Not boring though. No, no. <laughs> there's been days where I've literally laid behind that counter and just been like, "What am I doing?" and tears and like, you know, it, it's been tough, but it, that's what comes with it, you yep. know, like it when sure you're does. going through those that journey, it's tough.
0: You know? It is tough, but you know, those bad days come with uh, any job,
2: mm-hmm.
0: the, but the any job doesn't come with the freedom to create those days for yourself. It's the, there's a very there's a very different feeling. Um, you know, when I, when I talk to people, one of the things uh, that I like to explore is getting out of the rat race, even if it means you work harder and make less than the rats, it can change mm-hmm. the way that you operate in your life. And that can open up new doors or just change the way you live, you know, for for everyone is different and whatever mm-hmm. is important to them, where I carve out a lot of time to not work. Because I don't want to be the eighty-hour-a-week dad. I want to be the eighty-hour-a-week with the kids dad. And mm-hmm. when when they're at school, I'll be working. But yeah. you know, I like to schedule my life around that. And I have the flexibility where if I have a ton of work and there's no way that I could do it just in their school hours, well, I can work when they go to sleep. I can I can get up at five a.m. I can do whatever I want to mm-hmm. get it done. I don't have to be visible in a building mm-hmm. at eight thirty and then you know be the last person out. And I have a lot of friends that that are. Yeah. And it's it's a very it's, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. and A lot of them have a good living and, and all that. It's just, to me, that feels like prison. And it, it always mm-hmm. did. I was never that kind of person. My, my wife, who at the time was my girlfriend in college, when I had my last real job, you know, working for somebody else, she was one of the people that pushed me to... Doing it. Yeah, to just, you know, finally go... I was already doing it, but to just make it the only thing and just go whole hog because she was... Like in her words, that that job's killing you, mm-hmm. and it wasn't killing me. Like it was super hard. It wasn't even a difficult job. It was a cool job. It was fun in the tech sector at the time. It was twenty years ago, so tech was good and and growing. But I just there was no soul. Mm-hmm. I hate you. Know, I hated every single day. Just the in and the out and the grind and the same conversations with the same coffee at the same time. And I I just I can't do it. I just don't operate that way. So it I had doesn't to,
1: set your soul on fire. No, yeah. so I had to go. Yeah. yeah yeah no I mean um it's funny because I feel like um everybody you know should almost kind of jump out and uh do their job right and when I say do their job I think we're all here uh to do a very specific job that only each of us individually can do mm-hmm. and in some way our job is ser- it's always serving right um but I think we're you know like you said you um uh, earlier, you know, you want to have that a million conversations with a million business owners and one of these is going to affect somebody's life. Mm-hmm. And that's how it works. Right. And I think Definitely. that's why we're supposed to like really pursue something that, that sets our soul on fire, uh, fills us up because yep. only when we're full, we can give, you know, we can serve and, and serve right.
0: As silly as it sounds. I think that when you when you, when your soul is on fire, so to speak, when you have a passion for what you're doing, you get way more done than when yeah. you're grinding through the day, just, you know, waiting for the next break time or the time to go home. And, you know, that's just, it's not a passionate way to live. And when you're going through mm-hmm. your days and everything's just gray, right. it's, it sucks, you know, and I, for some people it's great. I'm not, I'm honestly not trying to shit on that life. Right. I'm just, but for me, I just felt like it was sad, it was sad that just to punch a, clock and go through, even if I was, like I said, even if I was going to go make half mm-hmm. and, and have to struggle and figure it out. I just, I loved having the freedom. Yeah. The freedom, not only like the making the schedule, cause I wasn't a family man at the time I was, I was still in college, but mm-hmm. the, the freedom to fail, you know, the freedom to succeed, but it was on me, which mm-hmm. one I was going to do. And a, a lot of times it was fail, but then, then what, you know, then figuring it out. And cause I didn't know anything about running a business or any of that sort of stuff. And it just evolved from passions I had that turned into a business idea that turned into a business. So kind of like you yep. in the beginning, I was just figuring things out, you know, just trying to make it work mm-hmm. and, it w- and it worked, and you know, it did, but it, that those were a lot of lessons yeah. in, the, in those days.
1: Well, I think that's a good point. So like, I think it's great that you have the courage to literally step off that ledge. Right. And you literally are blind. Falling. Yep. And the cool thing is is ultimately you land and you're not dead. Yeah. You know, like well
0: that's exactly it. <laughs> you're, you're probably not gonna win, but yeah. you're not dead.
1: Yeah, right. And um and the journey that you go through, um, you know how it wakes it wakes it, it wakes up your soul too. Like and I I keep going back to the soul because I think it is something like, you know, going back to how I think we're all here to serve in some some way. And I think when we're just, you know, so I think, I don't know, going back to like corporate, um, one of the things like we want this structure, I think in some way, everybody likes structure or whatever, but one of the faults I think about, you know, if you think about how people, um, feel like, um, they're tied to a car payment or mortgage, yeah, yeah, locked. um, they have 401k plans, they have health benefits, all those things that kind of lock them into this thing. Mm-hmm. And then they play victim.
0: The, what At the Same Tim. Yeah.
1: No, but they play victim in that sense too. So, like, well, I can't leave my job and I have to get up. Oh, it's Monday. Or, like, don't be that person.
0: Right. Like, if you're going to stay there, own it.
1: Yeah. Right.
0: Just be there. Do your thing. Right. Be happy. Don't exactly. tell me about the another case of the Mondays. Monday, you don't Mondays have a good to day really if you make be it a there. good day. Yeah.
1: You don't really have to be there either. You have a choice. And, like, I get it. You have car payments and you have mortgage payments. Figure it out. They'll plan it. Do what you got to do to, like, figure out what makes you happy or right. whatever.
0: Right. And, and, and then pursue it, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, have well, the courage. The, the thing mm-hmm. that, one of the things that bugs me about the typical person locked in the corporate thing, because they, there's a sort of vernacular that, that they all have because they're trapped in the same mm-hmm. thing. And not any company, all of them, where, and almost the default, hey, you know, how are you? The default is immediately about how busy they are. Mm-hmm. And there's no time in life for most people that you come across. Yeah. Then I immediately know if someone's default story is how busy they are, that's probably not going to be interesting mm-hmm. conversation, you know? Okay. Cause everyone's busy. Yeah. Everyone's life is busy. And if, if your sole focus is just how busy you are, then you're probably not running yourself correctly. Mm. You know, take, take maybe take a step back and think about how you're spending your days instead mm-hmm. of just getting through them. Yeah. That, That's an important message that I've learned. I mean, I didn't didn't always have answers, and I still don't think I have most of the answers. But there was a time I was going through motions, you know, and that was just Mm -hmm. the way life was. And here's what you do, and you get out of college, and you get a job, and you do this, and you do that. But eventually, you can realize, well, from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed, it's all on you. Mm-hmm. You can do what you want with it. And you're not going to make the most out of every day. That's a lie you tell yourself too, but you right. can you can do your best on most yeah. of the days, you know, and try to try to make something or try to make the day matter. In in whatever way it's going to matter, but you can try to do something better than just going through the motions. For sure. You know.
1: Yeah, one of my and cliché uh my favorite quotes is here today, gone today. Mm-hmm. And if you really sit on that and think about it, like you really are here and you are gone just as quickly. And anytime I think about that, it's always that great reminder to say, if I was going to die today, did I do everything that I'm okay with? Like, you, maybe I wasn't at my fullest potential for whatever, as far as like, I didn't hit this goal or whatever, but was I trying it? You know, like, and then I related to work and marriage, friendships, as a wife, as a mother, you know, as a sister, and I say, am I where, if, would I, if I was going to die today, am I okay with those relationships and the time that I'm putting into them or whatever, or work or, you know, those kinds of things. For
0: sure. That's, that's an important thing with me too. I, and I, I look at marriage and fatherhood and I look at all those things as not just things that bring joy, but they're, they're work, they're a thing, mm -hmm. right? And if you don't treat them right, then they're not going to treat you right. Yeah, and uh, you can have it. You can you can screw up a marriage, or you can have a good marriage, and mm-hmm. that's really on you and your partner. It's mm-hmm. it's up to you guys. Whether you know, there's no, it's not luck. Mm-hmm. It's just oh, you know, it's just it's work. Smooth sailing for <laughs> thirty years. It's, not, it's 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 foolish. Yeah. But
1: one of my favorite sayings is "Love is a verb. <laughs> it's work. <laughs> you know, like you have to." show love and perform love it's not just felt it's not just doesn't just exist? of
0: course not yeah. right I mean it, maybe it was for six months when you met yeah. but eventually you you really you know each other and, and that's a good thing I'm like growing out of those initial butterflies or whatever it is if we're talking about marriage or, or love if you're not married whatever but just the you can get a lot deeper once you're past the superficial you know giddiness or that mm-hmm. feeling of a new relationship and then you look back and it's been 20 years and there's a lifetime together yeah. of, of ups and downs. And the downs are, if you if you navigate them, God, I'm getting off on a philosophical tangent here, but like if you have, you're all going to have downs, right? And if you navigate them right, they can put you a lot closer and a lot stronger, mm-hmm. where you, there's also a tendency to blame each other or lash out when times aren't good. And if that's the route you take, then it's going to be poisonous. Yeah, You have, you have to be in charge of your own emotions and how mm-hmm. you're how you're dealing with situations you know and that's not always easy to do and it's no. we're not trained to do that you have to
1: learn yeah teach
0: yeah, yourself yeah. and
1: be disciplined to continue it and yeah
0: discipline's a huge thing i think that mm-hmm. a lot of people lack and cuz it's hard and it's not fun it's so and hard. and I, it seems like life's getting easier and easier to not apply discipline mm. that when i when i see like kids or the way that they're running elementary schools and it's just it's a lot more people are afraid to apply too many rules because then they think other people other grown-ups are going to look at them as oppressors as opposed to parents we're we're a little
1: sensitive we're getting a little too sensitive
0: yeah i think we're past a little too sensitive
1: yeah trust me i say things all the time that you know my manager is always like Rhonda, (laughs) stop (laughs) it (laughs) but yeah i agree (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's a.
0: I think it's a phase, you mm. know, because oh, a it's lot a, of good has come mm. out of the. It's a
1: trend. Yeah. A lot of these whole things that's going on right now, right? Are trends,
0: and I think a lot of them, a lot of them are good. Mm-hmm. But sure, they're even the really good ones swing too far, mm-hmm. and then you have to correct and just come back to to mm. what's good. Equilibrium
1: but, and yeah. homeostasis—that's yeah. yeah. the word. Yeah, <laughs>
0: but there's been so much progress in the last.
1: Mm.
0: I mean, if you think about. What it was like, I mean, I'm 44. So just what it was like when I was a teenager and pretty much the, I mean, the social norms are not the same. Mm. Everything's totally different. And I think for the most part, yeah, you get like, you know, 70 year olds and 80 year olds that are, oh, back in my day and they want it to be the same, but most people have just changed mm-hmm. there's a there's a different view and you don't go back to well it was fine when i was a kid you hear those peoples now and again yeah. but i think it's been an it's been a really short window of a ton of change that, sure. is, that has happened
1: social media yeah big time for, for good and bad right yeah oh man they will uh bash you behind that keyboard really quick if you don't <laughs> you know yep. conform yeah. To yeah. an yeah. ideal. you know yeah.
0: they'll cancel you
1: yeah for sure
0: yeah silly people. Yeah. I know. And I'm, I know, and I'm a, my, by trade, I'm a marketer. So, but that's what I always wrestle with. Cause I don't do the advertising side of it, mm-hmm. like the feeding ads and stuff, which I don't have any problem with. I just don't, I like to do the side of marketing that is interfacing with people mm-hmm. just cause I like to, that's where I have a natural inclination. That's what I feel good about. I don't mm-hmm. like to manipulative side yeah which exists but i just it's not my it's company, to me so i agree with
1: that too it's that energy that you're putting out there like you you're gonna get back in return so mm-hmm. it's important to yeah. kind of be us it, it is yeah moral i guess
0: so uh now you've got your business and it's trudging along going well how um i'm just curious how does that affect or change your family life over the time I've spoken about mine and like what I take as liberties out and stuff. Sometimes it gets harder. Sometimes it gets easier. Sometimes it's both depending on the time. I'm just curious. um, I want to talk about that, but even if you want to go somewhere before uh, or if you don't want to talk about family, if that's fine too, I don't care. But um, now that you own your own business Mm -hmm. and you are no longer working for somebody else in, in the corporate world, what, what has changed? Do you feel the freedom? Do you feel more mm-hmm. locked in? How does it? How has it affected you?
1: Um, well, so I've always kind of been rebellious I, anyways, even working for people. Um, again, everything that I, anybody that I was working for, it was what was the purpose that I was doing. It wasn't about the paycheck that I was earning. So I kind of always had that freedom of, Like, I'm going to tell you when I'm taking vacation. I'm not asking you. Mm -hmm. Um, This is what I want to get paid, you know, for doing a review. And if you don't do it, okay, well, there's another job eventually I'm going to find. You Mm -hmm. know, like those kinds of things. So I never really felt, like, locked in in a lot of ways. Don't get me wrong. I've noticed, like, inequalities in certain things or whatever um, in corporate. But the freedom of leaving that, um, for sure, that's it's a lot more intense as far as the work goes, especially in the beginning. I pretty much lived here nonstop in the beginning. It was tough. And when we related to family, it was really tough on my family. Um, so my relationship with my daughter changed at that point. We were always so, so close. And, and you know, that kind of uh, shifted our relationship to where she started, you know, her, we weren't as close. and that was so hard for me because I always just thought it would just always naturally happen. Mm. Um, but where I wasn't at home as much, it, it definitely affected it. Um, we're like totally in a great place now because mm-hmm. my business is in a better place now. Um, but also with marriage, you know, it was tough on our marriage. So we got through the first couple of years and then we took a two year break Yeah, about a year and a half and then we had to take a two year break and um, we weren't sure it was going to work out, but, um, I'm committed to everything, you know, that I'm, so I think that break was really necessary and I had to kind of take a step back. So, you know, making the change to jump and start this business and stuff like that was, you know, it took a lot of courage to follow through with that. And then it took a lot of courage to walk away from my personal life at the same time. So I grew in like this massive way. And I think that's probably normal for most people because i think it's affected it affects your whole life of course when you it do does do something like it, that of
0: course it does it influences every aspect of your life yeah. it has to so by its nature you you put yourself out to do it it's going to influence all the parts of you yep. and so does having the 9 to 5 but not um,
1: the-
0: it's not as polarizing because it's not yours it's mm-hmm. not you know not just yours meaning i own it the responsibility is all yeah. yours when you own it so in especially in the early years but then when when bad times come it gets hard again mm-hmm. and like vacation is a lot harder to take. Like you said, when you had a boss, you can be like, I'm leaving for two weeks. Here, maybe you can't. Yeah, so (laughs) I've
1: been lucky in that sense, too. I get a great crew now. Uh, The first year, I couldn't really do much. But um, after that, we ended up working it out. So um, again, I have an amazing crew of people here. My manager is amazing. And the staff that I have here is amazing. That's huge. So I can walk away anytime I want to and depend on it. My biggest sacrifice in that is just the, um, payroll. <laughs> <laughs> of
0: course. I got payroll. That goes away. Uh, so After the break, did you, did you come back to a different, um, relationship, a different, you know, idea of each other and everything?
1: Oh my God. Uh, so when I said it was necessary, it was so necessary and I didn't even realize it. So it was a bless. It's with those blessings in disguise kind kind of things. Um, life's not fluid. I don't think our marriage would have made it had maybe this not happened. Um and now we're doing really, really well. Uh we actually go to counseling regularly too, um, to help us with communication issues because yeah. we're literally polar opposites. Where does it like, help? That's good, that's a balance. And I'm like Um <laughs> We have to work really hard. <laughs> you know, loving each other is really, really easy, but the communication part where mm-hmm. we're like so different is just like um we have to work really, really hard at it. But has uh, it helped? counseling yeah i feel like every marriage should have a counselor appointed to I've,
0: I've heard that before
1: literally it's like life-changing does it help if you have the right counselor we went through three counselors before we found the no right kidding counselor. yeah
0: so. does, does the counseling help you learn to communicate better or yeah. is it like in the counseling you can communicate because you've got a uh yeah, you a know, mediator. You got someone yeah, to help. No, with so
1: it. I mean that's what counts so I look at everything like the how do I learn from this? Like right. So everything's a piece of education for me. And that's exactly what it is. It's like I'm paying to go to school to learn how to communicate effectively. That's it. Yeah. And Which and helps basically with your business listening and skills. helps with parenting
0: and helps with 100%. everything else.
1: Yeah. So it's been life changing in so many ways. So like taking that initiative to do that has taught me how to um, communicate with employees but you know I've done other things too so I've sought out like mindfulness and done courses like that so I can become better at communicating or mm-hmm. I'm extremely passionate so to kind of tone my passion and my energy down enough just so that I can communicate effectively without mm-hmm. people being like, eh. <laughs> like <laughs> So, I, I've,
0: I'm into mindfulness too. I uh, haven't been forever, but the last couple of years and uh, I've learned a lot from it. And I'm, I'm the same way. I'm, I'm at a thousand miles an hour mm-hmm. all the time and it's not easy for other people. No. And, and one of my default uh, errors in interfacing with other humans is I assume everyone is thinking like me. Mm-hmm. I assume that they're... Uh, having 17 conversations in their head right now and i they, and i assume they know what i know so i mm-hmm. don't fill people in i don't start the story in the right place because i just assume everyone knows what i know i don't know anything right, special you're not in and my I head just, <laughs> right right and i'm i'm very wrong in those mm-hmm. assumptions and i still do it but i do it less and i'm trying to learn how to not do that and mindfulness is a big way yeah. because well mindfulness and exercise to shut off the chatter, to shut off the voice in the head, at least enough to be quiet for a minute, (laughs) but it will for sure whiskey. (laughs)
1: Yeah, no, for sure. Um, have you ever done the brain typing?
0: The brain typing? No. Yeah.
1: Myers-Briggs brain. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I went to business school. Um, and we did all kinds of testing and Mm -hmm. mine came off off the chart. So I went to a uh, I went to Babson. I went to mm-hmm. an entrepreneurial elite business school. Um I didn't even go there like for most people they go there to be um better business people. I'm barely a business person. Mm-hmm. I um I went there. My dad went there. I went there. Entrepreneurship is important to me. Mm-hmm. Um I even think that word's kind of lame now. I just like small business. I I mm-hmm. I like and, which nothing against big business, but I like um businesses that affect people and can understand their effect Mm -hmm. and and aren't too big. It's just more interesting to me, nothing good or bad. So anyway, I went, I'm getting off topic, but I went there so that one day my kids might go there um, just in furthering their entrepreneurship education or ideas on how to do it. If that's necessary for them, which I'm not a big, I don't think people have to go to college anymore. I'm not on that um, page. I used to be though. So Mm -hmm. I did it to set an example so that I could say, know, here's a good thing to do. Mm-hmm. Anywho. So in a cohort of a 100 executive level entrepreneurs doing a master's program, I tested off the charts in the room as the top uh, most like type A. They, they give you in your personalities. And I don't know which one was which. But Myers-Briggs is one. They do a few mm-hmm. different ones. And they give you a synopsis of how people should deal with you. Uh, and not just how you should do with other right. people. And the quote in the back of mine ended up on the wall in my office at the time. It was, be brief, be bright, be gone.
1: Nice.
0: I, I, I thought do you it was, remember your letters? Uh, brilliant. No, No. Okay. So uh, I'm, I'm sorry, curious. Going back to Myers-Briggs, you, you did the test, I assume? Yeah,
1: so I'm, uh, I'm an ENFP, which is, E stands for extrovert. Uh, N is intuitive, um, F feeling, and P perceiving. Um, so yeah, and then I'm actually, we've done, all of our employees. No kidding. And they're, I'm pretty sure all INFPs, which are me, but introverts. So it's, it's interesting, dynamic. It's interesting how I'm attracted to all these same type of people too.
0: Has, has it helped in managing them?
1: Um, you know, I don't think it really makes a difference. So you don't find it? Not that it wouldn't, but it, it helps accurate? you understand maybe certain way, patterns for them to think. And because they're all the same- I think it just works really easy for me to be like, okay, I get how to communicate better, and typically I pass everything down to Noelle, who's the manager here, because she's um, the softer, more gentle one, and I'm the very, I'm just gonna get really straight to the point. Yeah, and people get offended very easily, and it's too much for them to handle. You know, we're we're sensitive now, so right, right,
0: <laughs> yeah. I've I've, and I'm always been that way, and I I do the same thing. If I can, I'll communicate through a softer person, knowing yeah. that I'm going to do it wrong it's not going mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll go into the conversation trying to be um cognizant of that you know mm-hmm. uh, assuming i'm going to do my best to to have it have the conversation like a normal person would mm-hmm. and then people still say it wasn't so yep. obviously i'm not getting that
1: it, i have the same <laughs> Again, well i like pass not necessarily pass the buck i think it's just the safer way for me as well oh, not pass the buck at yeah. all just
0: trying to be sensitive <laughs> yeah trying to like yeah. obviously i've got a um, a downfall I'm, I've I've got a place where I am not good at something mm-hmm. so if this place if this person can help me great
1: yeah For well for sure so for me the struggle is too is that I, I am you know sensitive towards like what I'm trying to communicate isn't to like bash you and be super critical even though I do come off really critical it's more like I care you have more potential than that yeah I want to see you you know like really because like if you're not doing it, what's the point? Right.
0: And I, I agree. I'm not, and I don't, I'm not blunt in any way to mm-hmm. be mean. I don't, I don't do it to be mean. I don't want to be mean. I just, the way I communicate right. and It's the way that my brain works. I just, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it just goes to the end. Here's the, why well, I have all the other words before when this is just what we're going to talk yeah. about, um, knowing that's not always the best and trying to, it. but I'd also say once people know me for a long time. Mm-hmm. Then the shock and uh, the the bluntness kind of goes away, and they just mm-hmm. once they know you, it's probably the same way. That mm-hmm. once they know and love Rhonda, and they just know the way you communicate, now it's not a matter of feelings and sensitivity, mm-hmm. and they get Usually used to. Usually, they it. laugh
1: at me, right? Because yeah, right. they get my humor. Like, you're or you're my... such a dick. <laughs>
0: yep, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I get all yeah. the time from my friends, from from everybody. Yeah. And, oh well. Yeah. What um, it's a lame question, but I like the question because the answers are fun. What about owning a business has taken you off guard? What's been just, you didn't expect? Is there anything that's been
1: yes. harder,
0: easier, just not what you thought?
1: Okay. So I think as owning a business, so this goes kind of back to how our, our work structure in America anyways is set up to where we have all these standards and whatever. So the amount of money I have to pay out is insane. Um, because I'm basically paying for these bureaucratic policies, yeah. right? Like unemployment insurance and on payroll and all of that other stuff. And I'm paying people's payroll for them. So I kind of was my Lean Six Sigma, you know, mindset is coming in and saying, oh, you know, how can I reduce a lot of this? And, well, why don't I just contract people and have them do like W-9s and those kinds of things? But people don't want to work in the labor force where they have to do their own taxes or the contract. But if you think about the idea of it, there's so much freedom in that. Right. You're your own employer. Yeah. And I kind of like that concept. And I kind of am thinking about like, how can we, is it possible? I don't know. I recently went to Mexico a couple weeks ago and it's kind of what they do there. So like you, we would drive by like a random corner and there'd be like maybe 50 people waiting to get picked up. Um, And you know, you'd see a truck pull in and a bunch of people get into the truck. Yep. they would be like, you know, pointing to these people like you, you, you. And, that's how you work for your day. But if you don't want to work the next day, you don't have to, you just don't go. And I'm sure you're selected based off of your work performance, which is also great. Of course, Because that's something that, you know, especially as a small business, I don't like that if somebody doesn't work out, like we make an agreement, we hire you, we say, you know, this is what our expectations are and you don't perform. I want to just be able to cut you loose. Right. And there's all these policies in place that you have to be like, you know, you have to coach them through this or write, you know, they're verbal, they're written. Or whatever. Or I have to pay my unemployment insurance, which is expensive. Yeah, And, you know, so, like, there's these... That's the stuff that I I think I hate the most. Mm-hmm.
0: Everything about people has been the most um, difficult or eye-opening for me. Mm-hmm. Where there's always problems with, you know, lack of sales or trying to figure out the next thing you're going to do. Or how to, like, what we used to do isn't that good. Or, or things change. You know, what are we going to do now? Meaning just altering your services, your products. Mm-hmm. Like, you've added food and, and changed things over time. But that stuff...
2: You can, you can figure ability. out, yeah.
0: yeah, you can, you can work on it. It's actually kind of fun to do once you, once you kind of in the, you know, the mindset of chasing something mm-hmm. new or doing whatever where the people thing has, it's, it's always, painful. it's still difficult for me. It's been 20 years mm-hmm. and um, over the years we've inflated and deflated with how many people are W9 or how many people are actual employees. And I don't have any perfect mix or, or best way because yeah, I mean, there's, for one, you can go in through payroll and all the insurance and the and just watching mm-hmm. the amount of money that doesn't go to you or to the employee whenever you run payroll. Don't even know. A- it's mind blowing, <laughs> right? I'm sure you do. But. It's uh, yeah, and it's it's frustrating. Um, but then there's all the things that come with the people, and there's been and are some wonderful people, and there's all along the way there's been people that just weren't going to work out or didn't work out and haven't worked out. And some of those were. Also, good people that it just wasn't a good fit. Yeah, and I think some they're them, all
1: good people. Not all, mostly. Not all.
2: No,
0: nah. mostly yes. Not <laughs> mostly. all. Some. Some they just shouldn't have been here. Mm. And you know, but then again, that's on me too. I shouldn't mm-hmm. have hired you. I, I whatever I. Don't didn't you like know at the time?
1: Almost hate yourself sometimes. Yes. For like decisions, I you mean, you're like, mm. how how did that get past How? Me? Well,
0: yeah. Why did that come to life? <laughs> how did, how, did, how did that happen? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, more than not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I there's a there's a mantra that I always like uh, just. Going back to what we were talking about earlier, where knowing you're not going to do most things right, but that's okay, and mm-hmm. you just get back up and keep going, is just fail forward. That, yeah. That's a, the one I think find myself thinking the most, especially when things go wrong. Is just all right. This didn't work. Uh, what's next? And we you know yeah. what. What do I learn from it? And what's the iteration? It, it sounds so cliched.
1: Hearted in that sense, like you just. It, because it's constant all constant, the time, yeah. yeah,
0: and if you're the kind of person that has to win all the time, mm-hmm. um, then it's probably not for you because it, it it's 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 an ego check mm-hmm. to be wrong a lot, yep. you know, and an ego I don't think can work in the long term mm-hmm. in running a business because too many things check your ego because yeah. you when I say owning a business is great and because of freedoms and all that, I mean the freedoms to alter timelines and days and even the people that you interact with Mm -hmm. but ultimately you are interacting with people you don't have a business you Mm -hmm. have customers you have clients you know my clients are different than your clients and it's a different relationship but they're ultimately people and sometimes those people are difficult Mm -hmm. and it's gonna be uh but they're your boss
2: Mm -hmm. because
0: without them again you don't have a business Mm -hmm. so that that was a good ego lesson for me it started in my 20s when I started the business so it was my ego was plenty mm-hmm. proud and and large, you know. So <laughs> I age. had to get beaten down. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I had to get beaten down a lot, and I did. And you know, I, I still still do, but i i don't I don't feel the need to win everything anymore. I, like I don't go into an exchange with a person and someone wins and someone loses. That's been a big flip in the mindset. I mm-hmm. I go into almost every meeting that I have interaction, whether it's personal or uh friends or jujitsu or anything Mm -hmm. everybody can win from this everybody can take something forward this isn't this isn't a you lose i win unless it's a tournament or something Mm -hmm. then then somebody has to lose
1: yeah no i mean uh that's a great you know jujitsu is actually what helps you know really enforce that um ego yeah Yeah, yeah, good luck trying to keep an ego humble (laughs) yep uh, here all the time too. Employees do it. Customers do it. My manager is really great at keeping me in check all the time. Um, and which is why I have like, sh- you know, my support here is so great because they're, I encourage them to hold me accountable to keep my ego in check. Like, mm-hmm. and don't get me wrong, sometimes I fool around. You know, the other day we were like, oh, the A team's here. A, A, A plus. You know what I'm pointing <laughs> to myself? But like, and they're just like, ha, 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 you know? Um, but for sure, I, I like that they can kind of come up to me and be like, that was a shitty move. Or, Hey, do you think you could have waited until that, you know, situation was in like this setting versus like this setting? Yeah. Um, And I'll still be like, no, you know, I'm like kind of whatever. But then I'll be like, I'm sorry. You know, I probably should have, it probably would have been the better side of me.
0: It also says a lot about you that they're willing to come up to you and say, Hey, you could have handled that better because there's certain bosses that, people don't go say that too. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause it just means the ax or, or whatever. There's, there's those, you're clearly not that person now, but you can't be, you wouldn't yeah. be here. You, you would have, you would have hung the clothes sign on the door for good a couple mm-hmm. years ago if you for were sure. that person.
1: For sure. And don't get me wrong. Uh, I'm sure there were some employees that probably would say that I was sure, that person. Sure, sure. <laughs> um, but they are also the same ones that held me accountable in that sense. Uh, even though I still would be like, you know, whatever, <laughs> give them that peace of mind. Um, They do, you know, like, how can I go forward and make it so that that doesn't happen again? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, those kinds of things. Um, You know, just always striving to be a better version of yourself, obviously.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. And the ego thing is, it sounds cliche again, but it's like, it's, it's one of the biggest factors. And it's cliche in the same way as when you are a teenager, and you say i don 't care what people think about me, mm-hmm. and all you care about is what people think about you mm-hmm. and then eventually, hopefully you grow up and eventually kind of let go to the point where you understand that you do care to mm-hmm. a degree, and that 's the reason you want to run your life a certain way, and then you can let go of you know the judgments or the worries like the that don 't matter mm-hmm. but it 's that that cliche of i don 't care what people think of me brings the ego discussion back where when I was younger. And I would hire somebody that didn't work out. I would blame them. Mm. And now when I hire someone that doesn't work out, I think it's my fault. And Mm. it it doesn't mean you have to be extra hard on yourself or it's a punishment. I just mean that my default is no longer screw this guy. He, He cost me all this money and wasted all this time. It's, you know well, that didn't go well, I messed that up. What, mm. what, what was wrong in my process to, to yeah. be here today? I
1: mean, you know? I think it depends on the situation for sure, but 100% where, um, you know, if a situation doesn't work out, it's because somebody's not performing, right? So it, it is accountable on their part. But I always step back and say, well, one, how did I hire them on?
0: That's how what I How did mean. that get yes. through?
1: You know, like, two, did I not train you know, mm-hmm. well enough. Did I not, you Set know. Set expectations.
0: High did, enough. Did I not communicate exactly. what you need to be doing?
1: Exactly. Um, so in that sense, for sure. But there's still definitely like, I want to hold you accountable. Like if we made an agreement when you were coming on board that this was your job and you're not following through on your job. 100%. Okay, bye.
0: <laughs> I, I I totally agree. And, and yeah. holding people accountable <laughs> is, uh, I'm, I'm all for. But typically, even by the time I get rid of that person, mm-hmm. I'm still... Ultimately holding myself responsible, even though they mm-hmm. didn't do the work and oh, yeah. they might have been a shitty employee, it, how, how'd they get through the interview? How did mm-hmm. they get hired? How did they, all that time, like, I still blame me for not sniffing it out or mm-hmm. just being wrong in the mm-hmm. judgment call of, of what was, you know, a good hire. Yeah. Still comes down, bottom, you know, bottom line is I hired you, I fired you. It's still
1: yeah. We've, uh, my fault. Um, on that whole thing, we, you ever read the book Traction? Mm-mm. Great book, highly recommended. Um, we're building our business vision. Anyways, one of the parts is um, right people, right seats. And then there's a whole review process that we use. So when we bring people on, um, basically we set these standards. We say, we're grading you to the standard um, coming on. Um, So we're looking at, how humbly confident you are. And we set like the criteria in that. And then we say, doing your best. And that's what the, cri- and you know, boom, boom, boom. This is the criteria for doing your best. Helping first. Here's the, you know, and these are all the things that we expect of you. So every month, every 30 days, we're going to check in and we're going to say, you know, this is how we're measuring your performance based off of these five categories and these bullet points and how well you're performing in them. And so the great thing about using this system is- Uh, people will weed themselves out on their own if they know that they're not going to be able to perform. Yeah. They'll just leave.
0: I Um, really like the one you led with humbly confident. How do you, how do you quantify that? How do you think um, about that one?
1: So it's, you know, um, how you, how you talk about yourself and others, um, how you, um, physically, you know, like what you're wearing, How you like carry yourself? Those kinds of things. If you're, you know, shy, not making eye contact, not really engaging with the customer in the sense of like, you know, if I come out here and I'm like, hey, uh, so and so, who does this sandwich belong to? I don't don't know. "Uh, Well, you just took the order. Yeah, I I know, but I don't I don't know. (laughs) Like, that's a problem. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, did you not look at the person? Did you not say hello? How are you? You know, like those kinds of things. Uh, It's a customer service um, thing where we're you know, really serious about like acknowledge the, be present, be in the moment, look at the person that you're talking to what color shirt. Were they wearing? Mm-hmm. Are they men or a woman? Like, can you tell me anything? You know, like those kinds of things. Um, so that's a part of it, you know, um, have you had
0: any people that, um, struggle with that by default, but you've been able to help. They've yep. gotten through it. Teenage boys. That's really cool.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, teenagers in general, but, um, we've had a hard time staffing men here. Which it's just like, I don't know, there's that like weird, whatever, um, where we try to give them the benefit of the doubt. And sometimes it's ego. And then other times it's um, just like, they just don't pay attention. They're just boys. They're, you know, their brain cells are over firing. So I don't think they're capable. Is that mean? (laughs) We'll find out. (laughs) Yeah. But like, if you think about it, like, I don't know, it's just crazy because you can like constantly be like, hey, you know, who's that person? I, I don't know. But. How you do know, you not know How many times do we have to, you know, say like, hey, pay attention to your customer. Take their name, acknowledge something. Hey, what's that on your shirt? I like your pin. I don't know. Whatever. Like show them that you're here and you're acknowledging them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just ultimately it tends well, to be that. I category. have two boys
0: and I can't get them to pay attention to anything unless it's what they want to pay attention to. So, yeah. So that's I, probably it. I feel the pain. Mm-hmm. They, they yeah, they're completely it's just a void mm-hmm. happening around them other than what they're interested in.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think it's just like, some of it is mul- a level of multitasking. that I don't know, like at that point, like, I don't know. Well, it's age
0: too, mine are still age. kids, yeah, so yeah. Their, their brains are still bouncing off the inside of their yeah. head. But Just
1: trying to teach how to be present. And, that's
0: and not an easy thing to be, you know, yeah. that's, that's a hard thing to teach, but mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't think, I don't even know that I'm good at it. But to the degree that I'm more present now that I used to be, mm-hmm. it's happened in my 40s. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything I thought I was present for prior, I now know I wasn't. Wow. You know, it was just, I was, I was in six places. I was bouncing around. It's just to the degree that I am today, it, it, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing mindfulness helps with mm-hmm. and um, disciplined activities, working out, uh, jujitsu, whatever it is that you don't let yourself off the hook for mm-hmm. helps with that because to to perform, you have to be, you know, in that moment. For sure. But what the hell was I just going to say? It just bounced out of my head. It's gone now.
1: What What's something that you use as a tool to, like, make you in the moment, to bring you present? Oh, that's what I was
0: going to say. One thing about the, this podcast and my other podcasts are just things like this, is you and I have been talking for an hour now without phones and interruptions and... um it's been a conversation where Mm -hmm. we're looking another human in the eye, or even if we were doing it remotely and you know, it's just your voice. It's still, it's been an uninterrupted conversation where in my normal life. And I think most people's normal lives, we don't have them anymore. Mm -hmm. I think, I think they're good. Like it's fun. It's an enjoyable thing to do, but we all have five minute, you know, bites of, of conversation or time with people. And that's usually interrupted by a phone Mm -hmm. or a text or Facebook. And, the conversations are five minutes and then you turn to the TV or Mm -hmm. then you talk for five more minutes. So that's been a big thing that's helping me learn is like staying in a conversation for an hour or two. Sometimes they go two hours, three hours. It's just like,
1: for Sure, we can't even go to the bathroom now without our phone and being distracted while we're absolutely in the bathroom, you know. Yeah, like.
0: and I'm guilty of it too. Mm-hmm. It's just I've done a better job over the last few years of trying to be aware of it. Yeah. And then when you're, it's do you meditate? Is that your mindfulness practice? So
1: I just finished an eight week course. Um, oh, cool, through the Mass Memorial Medical Center in Worcester. It was an online course, so we did that. Um, um, so that included meditation, yoga practice, like, and it was like walking meditation, sitting meditation, standing meditation, body scans. Um, we did some meta things and one of my favorite actually takeaways from that whole thing, um, from that whole course was we had to, uh, do this meditation where with, um, thinking about somebody that we had this unconditional loving feeling for. So whether it be a spouse or a child or a pet, um, that when you saw them, you were just like, oh my God, I just, I love you so much. I just love you. And you know, like no matter what they did, you just love them. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's why the child and the pet thing kind of work really, really well. Yeah. And um, so you think about them and you get those feelings all stirred up. So you're really consciously thinking about that in that moment And then you do like these intention prayers or mantras, you know, with gratitude of, um, I'm so thankful that like they create those types of feelings for me, that that love and that fulfillment and that joy. And then, so we do that for about five minutes or we did that for about five minutes and then you would turn it on yourself. So you'd say, okay, now you're going to picture yourself on the other side of this Mm. with these same attached feelings. Um, and you can use your child self if you want to do, which is what I did, that's right? Interesting. especially when you grow up with like a hectic, you know, childhood or whatever, it was great for me to like hold my child self and be like, I love you. And like have those same experiences of joy and, um, lo- unconditional love and those kinds of things and be grateful. Like,
0: I don't think I've ever personified my child self. I've never even yeah. thought of that. Well, that well, yeah, so it's it's a a, I can thing. see where that's a good exercise. Yeah. yeah.
1: So it was, that was my favorite takeaway out of the whole course, but I mean, the whole course is great anyways. And that's kind really of interesting. Putting you in the moment. Um, the body scans is really cool because you're being conscious of every part of your mm-hmm. body for 20 minutes, a half an hour yep. where you're like, okay, I can feel my big toe. I can feel the cloth on my big toe. I can, and you know, you go through every body part and then, you know, you get up to your back or whatever. Like for me, I have a kink in my back from jujitsu uh-huh. <laughs> that's been there for months. And I'm like, you know, I really got to work on that. Cause it's, it's to the point where I can feel it. If I'm being really conscious yeah. in the moment, I can feel it. Like, <laughs> so, um, that was a cool one too. Cause like, then you can be like, Oh, headaches. I've been getting headaches where people tend to neglect them. Or I've had this weird pain in the side of my whatever, mm-hmm. um, where we tend to neglect it. And that causes health issues long term because we're just, you know, we're off in the future yeah, or in keep the past and forward,
0: right. not, not being mindful of here. Uh, the, the body scans I do in my own practice all cool. the time too. That's, that's like a given. And um, to answer your question of what have I done to be or more in the present, mm-hmm. one of the things that's super helpful is meditation, mm-hmm. and I love meditation. I think I'm really bad at it still. Yeah, um,
1: it's a serious practice. Oh
0: yeah, and yeah. it's hard, um, like jujitsu. But it, yeah, yeah, very <laughs> much so. It's 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 um, they're related too because jujitsu is so mental, it's, right. and and obviously mindfulness is almost all mental. But you get pulled out by the physical still, mm-hmm. you know, while you're sitting there and trying to quiet your mind, and why I say I suck at it is my mind doesn't like to be quiet. You know, that's not its default state. And I love the feeling of meditating because just at any point, it works. And Mm -hmm. by the end of 20 or 30 minutes, 15 minutes, I feel better and more um, sort of stable and quiet. There's less chatter than I did when I started. But I'm still not good at it. And I Mm -hmm. think there's, there's always room to grow. But what has helped was learning that I suck at it but that you can be aware of sucking at it and mm-hmm. that's getting better at it cuz when you're when you're meditating and then you realize your mind's run off somewhere that's okay just mm-hmm. realize that it did yeah close that off come and back come to back to anchor yeah and that's how i work on it in real life mm-hmm. is if i'm sitting here talking to you or with my kids or at work and working on a project whatever and my mind runs off and starts doing other things i check it yeah. and then come back to where what i am what do you am. use
1: for your anchor and there's like breathing or so they like come back to your breath or uh, another one that I love is, um, and which is what we tell our kids that were taking customer orders all the time to, you know, really be in the moment, ground mm-hmm. yourself, twinkle your toes and touch the floor with them. And then you're like, okay, my feet are touching the floor and like, I'm present. I'm here. Mm-hmm. I can feel that happening. Hi, how are you? Can I help you? Can I take your order? You know like That's, that a, kind of that's good. I think
0: yeah. I, I guess I use the rise and fall of the of a breath. Okay. So so feel just feeling slight movement through the upper part just mm-hmm. feeling like, cuz that just that sort of control and that trigger of an in and, and out can can totally reset me to mm-hmm. where I'm where I'm supposed to be. Maybe not for long, yeah. but it can reset me, you know, for the next 30 seconds yeah, until right. my brain runs away.
1: <laughs> and then you're like, "Oh yeah, the
0: breath." <laughs> <laughs> breathe again. Breathe
1: again. Yeah.
0: 100%. <laughs> Uh, we're, we're over an hour, so I want to be respectful of your time, uh, and let you go back to your family. If you have anything else you want to talk about, I'm not, I don't need to
1: run. Mm. Um, no, actually there was one other thing that, cause you were talking about, um, some of the maybe conflicts that I find of running a business. Yeah. It was one other thing that I wanted to mention and, uh, it's like coming up from head right now, but, oh, taxes, mm. paying the taxes, right? And how- Which
0: time, which form? So let's the say- The payroll, the, meal the business- and sales The sales
1: taxes, just that one alone. I think one of the other things that really frustrates me is that I collect this money for the government and then I have to do the work to give them the money and they're not paying me. <laughs> like nope. I don't get a break or any, you know what I'm saying? Like, yep. I think that's something that frustrates me. And also there's no technology, which is unbelievable at this time. You know, like where we're, it's 2019, it's almost 2020 where my taxes don't just automatically get taken from my point of sale system and pay the government. So I don't have to deal with it. And those are things that I'm like, you know, th- those are really, really frustrating. Yeah. I have to sit on it and you know, that's going to become a loan. Yep. And then, you know, you're, you're doing the whole payback thing. So,
0: yep. And that's, it's terrible. The
1: discipline with taxes.
0: Yes. <laughs> and I have a, I have a third party company now that is like part of the team. I basically pay a monthly retainer for these, uh, tax pros to do all the books, to handle all of the stuff, to, to handle the quarterly taxes mm-hmm. and all that. So everything tax related for the business is, it, it all goes through me and I have a biweekly meeting with the lead to talk about anything, oh, wow. any questions I have or whatever, but basically, I'm with you and I, and it'll How ruin long Before me you got there forever. Oh yeah. Forever. I've had this service like three years now. I've been in business 20 years.
1: That's awesome. Okay. So I feel cause I'm going into 2020. I'm like, I'm just literally every week handing my stuff off to somebody that, and I'm going to pay them. I'll give and you I'm a referral for, okay. for
0: the company. Cause cool. it's,
1: it's
0: <laughs> it changes everything because now I feel responsible. Everything's mm-hmm. getting done. Uh, I'm not going to get in trouble cause of stuff I forgot or didn't even know. Yeah. They're just handling it. And, all I have to do is keep up my end of the bargain, where I just answer shit and mm-hmm. like I would do anyway. And if they, if I don't have to be that good, because anything they don't get, they'll just have questions, mm-hmm. and I'll just answer the questions, and then off we go. Yeah. So it's perfect for somebody like me or somebody like you, where I'm, I'm not that. Taxes guy or accounting guy. uh, Hello, I'm marketing. I'm the opposite. I'm the opposite of that. (laughs) You know, I'm not. I'm not the numbers person. I'm more of. uh, I like to create, or I'm more strategic. I like to think ethereally. I don't like to. I'm not strong in the. uh,
1: conceptualize yeah
0: that's not my thing eh, crunching i'm very weak there so Mm -hmm. so, and i hate it it's like i i I, it's It's not painful yeah it's
1: it's it's so painful it doesn't
0: light my soul on fire oh it It puts the fire out. yeah
1: it does (laughs) it waters it down really good does
0: yeah (laughs) i'll I'll give you the referral it's a it's i i love it it's been great yeah and it's not expensive either it's totally worth it because it does all that work
1: Mm -hmm. yeah I, i think like if i was gonna say anything to anybody who was starting a business like that. I think maybe most people who have like a business mindset and can plan. I'm not a planner. Mm -hmm. I'm a, my, like the big thinker kind of person, big picture. I don't really like the finite details, although I can be detailed. Um, But yeah, I would say like have pay the person up front, to do that part, because that has been, especially here, we have receipts, like you and not believe. Oh, I can't imagine. Yeah, it's I can't constant. imagine how much, how,
0: mine's simple, and it drives me out of my mind. I can't imagine what yours must be it's, like. But yeah. the cool thing is, um, so I used to have, like, an account like a firm, that, you know, they would do the corporate taxes uh, every year, and it would be a whole, you know, here's all the QuickBooks files, and I would have someone inside that did accounts receivable and accounts payable and ran the QuickBooks stuff, so then they would have to, basically go between me and here's the books and coach the person. I don't have to do that anymore because all year long, the people who are doing the filing are the ones doing the books, the Mm -hmm. ones keeping everything you know, copacetic. So it's yeah, like, we
1: definitely need to exchange. yeah,
0: it's good. I also have a payroll company that I absolutely love that okay. is also a virtual company and they handle everything and they handle all the taxes and they handle, they, they file all your paperwork and all the stuff that like you get a notice about a form nine forty one or whatever. I don't, I don't know what that is, you know, mm-hmm. but they do and they file it. So mm-hmm. good. You know, <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm happy to share. They're both cool. awesome.
1: I would definitely take that
0: done. Probably. Um, well, then, hopefully we can do this again sometime. It'd be fun to check in in a while and see how things have changed sure. what what do you do you have any changes coming up uh-huh. aside from the location <laughs> that you don't want to tell me about?
1: Yeah, so well, it, we're like in a situation now where um we're looking at expanding um, there's the opportunity to expand um so I could go to Worcester and open up another shop there. but I would kind of be dividing myself and I'm mm-hmm. really again, where I'm so community focused I don't want to. Um, But there's an opportunity here where I can, I'm purchasing a building and if I can get in there, I'd stay here. But when my lease is up, you know, kind of see how that whole Mm -hmm. thing works out. Either way, I'd start a business in that building at some point. Uh Um, But I want to stay here grounded in my community and focus here. Um, Clinton's just like this awesome gem. It is. And I want to stay here. I want to be a part of the growth and like. You know, the transformation of the community and all of that stuff and just watch it grow and blossom.
0: Yeah. And and I think there's a a sort of a resurgence of that. At least there's some underculture of just being back to a community where you can have your, the effect felt of whatever you're doing. And I also love that it at five o'clock people will let you go in traffic. It's not, you know, it's not this grid gridlocked place of commuters Mm -hmm. that don't live there or don't spend any time in the town where they live and a lot of towns have become that you know like the one i'm from sort of became that from northborough and it's still a wonderful little town but Mm -hmm. it's gridlocked with traffic when i was a kid there was like one traffic light in the town you know it's it's not the same place (laughs) so it's different and i i I, it's fun I, i like to see i can't wait to hear about the building in the moving and all the juicy details yeah. down so, the road.
1: Uh, you know, if you asked me this two months ago, I would have told you this whole cool vision on what we're going to be doing, but now it's kind of all up in the air and we'll see how things play out and then go from there.
0: I'll just have to check back later then and here. All right. Well, thanks.
1: Thank you. It was fun. Yeah.